Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created the amazing pop culture podcast starring dags and res today we have a powerful episode and speaking of power across this powerfully oaken desk is dj michael res hey dags what's going on amazing friends how you doing we are good we are ready to rock and roll Got lock nice and load plasma ball on the oak do you want to touch my ball touch it oh it's smooth yes i have a powerful new plasma ball in the barn Check out powerful social media, and we'll put it up there. Yes. It reminds me of that uh, GIF or GIF, however you want to pronounce it. Choosing mothers, choose GIF. Yep. That uh, the power, the power one of the person with all the electricity. Do you enjoy that one? I do like that yes. one. That's yes. what this plasma ball is. Thank you. Yes. That's what happens when you listen to this powerful episode. You're infused. You're in, what's, what's a cool word, Michael Rez? Masturbation. Yeah, besides that, oh. you're just empowered your energy listening to our powerful podcast. Right. Welcome new listeners to the powerful podcast, old G's. I would like to give a shout out to one of the owners of Digidios. Jason, if you're listening, thanks for tuning into your very first episode. Thank you, Digidios. Digidios. Powerful Italian name. It is. Very powerful. Very old and in, in, on the West 7th scene of St. Paul. Yes. Powerful like Dags. Like Dags. Yes. Just like Dags. You like Dags. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get that going. Yes, we have a powerful show today. We are going to be talking about The French Connection. Mm-hmm. 1971, powerful film. Yes. Starring Gene Hackman. Classic film. And Rory Schneider. Rory. Rory. Chief Brody. Yes. Before he was Chief Brody. He must yes. have went on to be Chief of Amityville right after. Yes, Amityville Horror. Yep. Powerful movie. Very powerful. Scary windows. I was scared of the windows. Yeah, when you look at that house, you're afraid of the windows. You have to be. Yes. Very evil windows. Powerful. Now, before we get into the movie, The French Connection, Popeye Doyle, Mike or DJ Rez, you attended two weddings. And normally on this powerful podcast, we talk about song of the day. Right now, we're going to be talking about songs. We're going to get into music. The music of wedding DJs. Wedding DJs. You and I both have DJed weddings, right? You DJed weddings, or was it just nightclubs? I have DJed private parties and clubs, never a wedding. Never a wedding. Okay. But you probably know as a DJ of a club and private parties, there's like a certain formula that you, you go through, right? You, like, you have your progression of like genres you go through. So as a wedding DJ, you start off. I can tell you, yes, I've been to a million weddings. Yeah, so you start off older. 60s, 70s, you work into the 80s, 90s, and then you get into the newer stuff. You know, you throw in some slow songs, but you always want to get keep people on the dance floor. You want to keep people dancing. <laughs> you don't want a dead dance floor. That's the worst. No. And you don't want... Dead man's party. Dead air. Dead air. That's the worst. 
when you're like grooving and all of a sudden then there's nothing. Dead air. And you look and the DJ scrambles. That reminds me of the powerful one one bar I was at the the owner is like, You gotta have a fifties night. And I'm like, Yeah, no one wants to hear the fifties. Even 50s back night. in the fifties. I don't think people <laughs> wanted to hear the fifties. I did a So so yeah, hold on. Okay. So it, you got to hear this powerful dead air story. Sure. So back in the fifties, those songs were about a minute and a half long. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I'm playing the songs and I was like, bam, 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 boom. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else ready to go. Oh shit. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. So then you I do start to, to panic though. You have to do your Pee Wee Herman. I meant to do that. Yeah. That's yeah, the worst. Or you hit the wrong button. You forget. So when I we were doing it, we had CD changers. And I forget, I know I would be like, oh, I got to hit, I got to get the next song ready. I'd hit eject on the wrong one and it would stop the song cold. And you'd be like, everyone's staring at you and you're like, oh, fuck. Yes. You know, and then of course, yeah, luckily I had a partner that was always with me DJing, you know, of course he'd get on the microphone. He's like, all right, everybody point and laugh, you know, and it makes it even better. And it always so. clears the dance floor. Like, can't you fuckers just wait one second yeah, while I right? keep up another I record? Jesus Christ. You they can't handle bitches. anything. No. No, especially the drunker they are, which as a wedding DJ, that's good and bad because then it doesn't matter what you play near the end of the night. They're so drunk, they just want to dance. But then they also get really impatient. All right, let's get back. So you're saying you're starting the night out. Yeah, so DJing. you start the night out. I always did like a 60s. Start off like late 60s and then into the 70s, get your disco going. And that was like the formula. And I always judge wedding djs based on how they start the night and they're you can kind of tell what they're thinking because they go one direction then they go another direction and then they you know they're feeling the crowd out to see what's working and what's not working so the first wedding i was at week a little over a week ago this guy was doing class book textbook djing started off in the djing 101 yeah started off in the 60s got the crowd out there got some older people out there Kind of paint the picture for me. What songs are we listening to? We're like the twist, twist and shout. You know, Chubby Checker. We're listening to. It's it's the oldies. Like what oldies. you like oldies, like what, us. the classic oldies, right? You know what we thought were oldies, and it got the older people out there dancing, and then you start getting some of the younger people out there dancing because then you start throwing in. Well, you get in the toddlers. 70s. This is this is a part of the wedding where they always grab the toddlers and they dance with the well, toddlers. There wasn't many kids at either wedding. So oh, we no one's good. having kids anymore. No. You so, think the planet's going to die off? Yes, it's totally what's going to happen. Yes. So we have. So there was no toddlers. No dancing. toddlers. It was kind of refreshing. There's always the. But oh, I'm you, you, you I'm hate old kids. Now. You well, hate yeah, kids. You, yeah, I hate kids. Can't stand. You kids. don't like the cute little toddlers. You always dress them up as like old dudes. You put them in like suit and tie. Yes. Yeah, that's well, that's kind of cute, I guess. Depends on how they're dancing. It's ironic because the kids are dressed up as old people and now everyone's in jumpers. Yeah, what's up with Remember that? Remember the 80s the jumpers? Yeah. The rompers? Romperoo. Yeah, romper stomper. Yeah. So anyway, so first first DJ gets the crowd going, gets them pumped, get, keeps them on the floor. No dead air. One dance song to another. We're going slow dancing. We're doing five different line dances in a row, but he's got, you know, the floor is packed. Everybody's into it. Last night, it was kind of a struggle. You could tell this guy was struggling hard. No 60s. Maybe two songs from the 70s. No 80s at all. Went right to the 90s. I danced to Juicy by Biggie Smalls last night. I've never heard that at a wedding. Juicy. Yeah. I would rap it, but I couldn't couldn't do it. (laughs) Now, were you one of the drunk uh, requesters? 
Did you go up there no. and say, well, I used to DJ? No, but I always joke around because that always happened at every wedding I did. Well, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but when I was DJing weddings, this is what I would play next. But he did have the classic drunk asshole comes up, requests a song. He plays it for him, and the guy leaves the dance floor. Wow. Yeah. And that's, I told some of the people we were with, I said, so when I was DJing and that happened, I would just go to the next song. I would stop that song no matter where it was at. And I would go to the next song because if he's going to request it, but not even going to be out there and dance, then I'm not even going to play it. You know what my go-to song was? What was that? Highway to Hell. Really? Was that a good one? Yeah. Well, it's great because, you know, most weddings end in divorce. So. <laughs> True. True. Yes. Thank True. you. Yeah. So all in all, out of the two weddings, did you enjoy yourself? Yes. I did have fun at both weddings, even though what I can, I can take... Yesterday was more of a uh, like the crowd watching. I was I had more to drink last night, but I was also watching the crowd more yesterday. And there was somebody who fell. Yes, I was going to ask you: Was there the by ten by ten p.m. This poor person has fallen twice, and now nobody wants to be around her because she's the drunk that nobody wants to be seen with because she's she's falling everywhere. Yes, and she almost biffed a third time trying to sit down. So that was pretty. Pretty interesting. What do you drink? What was it? An open bar? Uh, open bar beer and wine. Wow. And then cocktails were extra, so I just stuck to the beer. So, but you always throw in a big tip. How was the chow? The food? Typical wedding food for both. I got uh, the chicken and different versions of chicken at both weddings. But then you also always get like little chicken gravy, mashed potatoes, and vegetables. What did you do at your wedding? What was the food? Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> but my brother-in-law, who owns a coffee shop, who is a super awesome good cook, made some great Jamaican. It wasn't jerk chicken, but it was like a Jamaican-infused chicken, and it was homemade gravy. Everything what what does that have to do with uh, owning a coffee shop? He's, I thought he, you were going to no, say they cooks, had tiramisu so he, or something. Well, no, he's like a, he, he, it's like a restaurant coffee shop type mm. thing, so he, everything is homemade and made from scratch. So he runs a... Uh, food truck too down in Iowa. So it's the same brother-in-law that does the canning of the beef yeah. that we talked about. My brother-in-law was a lineman for the county, so he brought beef jerky. Oh, there you go. Yes, powerful. Yes. Why? Why do we like dried meat? What? What's up with jerky? Why is that so good? I mean, you get different flavors, but it's just because it's very manly. No Here's the thing: it's very manly, and you you imagine yourself you're some powerful lumberjack or. Sure. You're on a ship, you know, they have the hard tack. It, it's like primal. It, you know, harkens back to the powerful. flesh. Yeah, just a powerful manly thing to eat. Sure. F- animal flesh, it's dried out. It's, yeah. Yes. It's overpriced. Yes. Why is it overpriced? It's powerful. Meat is expensive. I know, but jerky's always like overpriced. Yeah, I know. I don't get it. I like jerky, though. I love it. Real men eat beef. It's not quiche. Quiche? Quiche Lorraine. Quiche Lorraine. Yeah, that was your stage name, wasn't it, in San Francisco? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny my stage name. Thank you, Mike Arez. Thank you for the powerful (laughs) wedding DJ DJ update. Now let's get into a powerful theme of today's show, the powerful subject in 1971 film, The French Connection. Oh, man. So you've seen this one before, right? Correct. All right, so this is the first time I saw it was because uh, we talked about this a couple episodes ago that I'd never seen it, so we finally got around to 
me watching it. The French Connection, 1971 crime thriller featuring the one and only Gene Hackman as Jimmy Popeye Doyle and his partner, Buddy Cloudy Russo, who is played by Roy Scheider. Is Scheider or Schreider? I can never say his last name right. Scheider? Scheider. Roy Scheider. He's like, Ameri- you know, he's like a classic. His American nickname actor. was Apple Scheider. Apple Scheider. He's- so first off, I didn't really know his nickname was Cloudy in the movie. I don't think I heard that or really paid attention to that part of it. But they are narcotics detectives in New York, and they are trying to stop a heroin smuggler, Alan Charnier, from France. He's got a plan to smuggle in some heroin. These guys are trying to rid the streets of heroin in New York City. Well, Brooklyn, really. Hence the name French Connection. Correct. So there's a uh, plot where uh, this French smuggler is going to use a uh, TV, a French TV star to uh, pretty much buy a boat or rent a boat from France and float it over to New York. And they've got a car that's packed with heroin, and that's how they were going to sneak it in. Based on a true story, so some of these events did happen. They did change the names of some of the people involved, but uh, it is based on a true story. Yeah, the majority of the heroin came from France. Right. So this particular smuggling operation that's in the movie brought in 248 pounds of heroin. And I think in total, from this uh, French smuggler, he brought in a total of like 1,600 pounds of heroin into the United States. Uh, But in real life, the real smuggler was never extradited to the United States because France does not extradite their citizens. Correct. So we, uh, we, we weren't able to bust him, even though we knew who he was and what he was doing. We were able to uh, get some of his counterparts, though, in real life. So the, the real-life actor from France served four years in a federal prison, and when he got out, he went back to France and became a real estate agent. So that's an interesting turn of events. The movie has the iconic, what people say is one of the best, car chase scenes. So going into this movie for me, I'm thinking this is going to be an epic car chase scene that's just like the shootout from Heat. You know, it's like almost an hour long and it keeps you interested. It's just Popeye Doyle driving a car, a Pontiac. 1971 Pontiac Le Mans. Yeah, and he's chasing a train trying to get this hitman, the sniper that just tried to take him out, ended up taking out a mother on the street who was pushing her baby. I didn't think it was that epic. I did not think that it was like the best chart car chase scene I've ever seen. But to this day, people still talk about the car chase scene in The French Connection. Like It's like this great thing. I'm sure in 1971, it's it was a cinematic marvel because something like that has never been done before. But I was not impressed, Diggs. I think it was the cinematography, the nonstop car chase. And what's funny about the car chase is a lot of those cars weren't supposed to smash into that car. Really? They were supposed to, at the last minute, just veer off, miss them. It gets pretty beat up. Some of it's from his own not paying attention. He's running into walls as he's chasing the... Well, while he's driving, he's looking up and he's literally chasing the train. Right, an elevated train. So you see him frantically looking up, racing, you know, honking the horn constantly. Tires squealing. Yes. Which brought me to the other point. So I'm watching the movie. 
tires are squealing. He's constantly honking the horn. Cars are honking at him. It's really loud and kind of obnoxious. I have to turn the TV down a little bit. And Mrs. Assistant Manager said, wow, that's a really loud movie. And I said, well, it 1971, you know, the sound mixing wasn't the same as it is now. I bet there's no way it got nominated for any type of sound award or won anything. Of course, it was nominated for Best Sound Mixing. They didn't win, but... But yeah, so they uh, they were nominated for best. So sound I'm curious you say just... that though, because most movies now they're very loud. I mean, everything's crashing. Right, but if the, the tire squealing and the horn honking really got loud, I had to turn the TV down during that scene. And I don't usually have to do like if you get now, that in movies now, but there's not going to be a volume change like that. Do you have a, a sound bar? Do you run it through speakers or just the TV? No, speakers? just the TV speakers. That's all I've got. But it just, that was just, that was the only part of the movie that I had to do that to. Like, even, like, there's a shootout scene. There's lots of bullets going off, you know, shotguns and handguns, pistols and all sorts of stuff. And that wasn't, that didn't affect my hearing or, you know, didn't sound really loud or really quiet. And I didn't have to adjust the volume. But that chase scene I did. So I, it just, it, I'm sure at the time it still was probably remarkable at the time it was groundbreaking this whole movie was nothing was like it so you don't think the sound added to the frantic quality of that car chase if it really happened no it actually annoyed me that the sound of the car chase annoyed me a little bit but uh everything else i thought was pretty cool i liked how they so there's in the beginning there's a they bust a couple of dudes in a bar and one of them gets away and starts running and, you know, they were doing the fast cut, cut scenes, you know, the, the perp running and then they go back to Popeye and Cloudy chasing them or whatever. And it, it's the actors running, you know, like right now, if it was like, I was, I kept thinking like, if this was like the rock chasing somebody in a movie now, he would catch him within 10 seconds of them taking off. He wouldn't be winded or anything, but these guys are winded, you know, it takes them 45 seconds to chase this guy down. You know, they're, it just looked natural so you like that i did i liked that a lot so and it, it didn't you know wasn't too you know we have to make the good guys look like super cops or anything like that you know it's just kind of like it's probably the way it happens you know more times than not so are you talking about life. the bad santa scene yes yeah okay the very first one in the beginning so when when uh, chief brody gets cut in the arm by the knife and they have to chase the guy and then they Roy Scheider's character tackles the guy first, and he starts kicking him. And then Gene Hackman starts punching him. And then Roy Scheider, dude, get off of him. Stop, stop. And then he'd stop, and then he'd start kicking him or punching him again. And then Gene Hackman would do it again. He's like, no, no, stop, stop. You know, it's like, dude, you're the one doing most of the damage Bad cop, bad cop. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it was was an interesting film. It's a good movie. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to see it again, though. So it won. How many Academy Awards did it win? We're going to go down uh, the, the line. The 44th Academy Awards. It won Best, best picture, picture, Best Actor for Gene Hackman, Best Director, Best Film Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay, because it was a, a book based on a real-life story. And then it was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Roy Scheider, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Editing, and it also received Golden Globe Award nominations. Got a Writers Guild of America award and an Edgar 
Award for its screenplay, and then the sequel, French Connection 2, followed in 1975 with Gene Hackman uh, and Fernando Rey, who played the, uh, the French drug smuggler, reprised their roles in that one. The French Connection, now it's considered one of the greatest films ever made, um, and the American Film Institute included it in its list of the best American films in 1988, and then again in 2007. I know, uh, was it Siskel, Gene Siskel, or Robert Ebert? I can't remember which one of them gave it a four out of four. Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Uh, In 2005, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. I'm curious why you didn't like it. That's kind of weird. Because most people love this movie. Yeah, I, I'm thinking, and this has happened before, where people are like, this is the best movie ever made. And then I watch it, and I'm a little disappointed because I'm thinking it's something, like, great. Maybe the ending is kind of ruined. I know the ending kind of ruined it for me. Why is that? It seemed like I, there wasn't a payoff, you know? It just seemed like it was, not that I need movies to be all tidy and neat at the end, but it just seemed like a long time to sit down and not really get a payoff in the end so i think that's what was cool about it was your usual you know the good guys bad guys but it doesn't always work out sure yeah i get that and i got that when i saw it i just was guess i was just anticipating something different because they put so much work into this case and for it not to work out for him in the end did you like the scene when they cleared out the bar Oh yeah, when they that was did the shakedown of the bar. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty fun to watch. The uh, the um, what do you call it? The uh, informant part of that scene was pretty, pretty cool. That was unexpected. I didn't think that was. Happening. Oh, you didn't call it? No, not at all. So, but yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty funny to see. What did you think of the cinematography, the camera work? I thought it was good. Like I said, the uh, the chase scenes. There was more than one foot chase scene. They were they always did the quick cuts. I like that. Kept me kept me involved, but I did like that portion of it. So there was uh that part of it. Uh, I liked. Like I said, the sound editing, the sound mixing wasn't my favorite part of the movie. Um, but I could appreciate it for it being, you know, something out of the ordinary and not what people are probably used to seeing at that point in the movie theaters. Because the director was influenced by another movie he saw. He shot it in a documentary style in which almost like it was happening in real time and you didn't know which way the camera was going to go. Sure. Yeah. I could so, see that. So I was looking at all the different shots. I mean, it was it was really shot cool. I mean, I like the low... You talk about the car chase. You didn't like that. The low angle of the car chase. I liked him just... you seeing his face and he's constantly looking up and driving. Right. That's, yeah. When they show the exterior scenes of that car chase, it's like the side of the wheel. It's like that's the angle you get. So you do see when he's weaving in and out of traffic, that's, you know, you get that that look at things. That's pretty cool. How big is your television? Uh, the one I watched it, I think it's like a 40-inch. Do you think it would have been better in the movie theater for you? Probably. I could, yeah, I think maybe. More immersive? Yeah. Yep, for sure. Because I, I like the camera angles. The sound, I guess I'd have to hear it again. I, I wasn't distracted by the sound. You weren't distracted at all by it at all, huh? No, I'll have to re-watch it once again, listening for the sound. 
Yeah, especially during that chase scene. You're going to have to like really listen to it. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm kind of an audio snob, but I, I kind of listen for that sometimes. Especially like if if it triggers that in me, it's like, wow, I, you know, if I'm really not kind of paying attention either, sometimes that happens. I'm just like, whoa. Well, I'm going to listen through monitor headphones and watch it. Oh, there you and go. And I'll give you a powerful, honest opinion of it. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is the casting. Did you get a chance to look through who they're considering for the roles? No, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, it's kind of cool because they first wanted Paul Newman. Really? I could see a 70s Paul Newman. Did you see the movie The Sting? No. Oh, my God. We're going to have to do that one, huh? (laughs) Talk about great movies. Right. But they didn't have enough cash for him. Right. Even back then, he was too expensive, huh? Then they wanted Jackie Gleason. Jackie Gleason? Yes. That would have been... uh... Interesting. Do you think he could have pulled it off? No, I don't think. Why he could is have. that? It's Jackie Gleason. I see more of like a comedian, like a jokester, comedian. I don't think he. Well, yeah. I mean, back in the seventies, was he that way, or did he did his career just kind of go that way? Interesting pick. Yeah, I think so. Peter Boyle. Well, maybe that would be interesting. A, that would have been an interesting pick. And uh, New York columnist Jimmy Breslin, who never acted before. I don't even get that. A columnist? Yeah, he was Mr. New York. <laughs> and Steve McQueen was also considered. Wow. But he didn't want to do another police film after Bullet. What the hell, Steve? And they also said there was no way they had the kind of cash to give him. To get Steve. Gene Hackman worked on, on a uh, redu- reduced rate, I guess. Charles Bronson See, was also... That would have been cool. Yes. That would have been pretty sweet. Also, Lee Marvin. Wow. James Kahn. James Robert Kahn. Mitchum. I mean, talk about powerful actors. <laughs> I know, you just kind of think of like how... Because you know how each actor would bring like a different style? Like, how would that have changed the movie? Like, would it still be considered one of the best movies if you got... <laughs> Charles Bronson, you know, he's like, hey, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about Al Pacino? Oh, <laughs> French drug dealer. You're going down. <laughs> Did we take apart everything in the car? <laughs> that was a bad. <laughs> he's got a great car. <laughs> <laughs> back then it would be the whiny, you know, Al Pacino. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing all the actors they went through. Wow. Because you always hear about stuff like, you know, this actor was going to do this part and, you know, all the roles they right. turned down. Yeah. I always like to hear, like, blockbuster movies that people consider, like, really great films. Who was up for those parts? That always makes me laugh. And it's funny, too, because a lot of actors, they're only hot for a little certain amount of time. Right. Like, if I was an actor, I wouldn't turn down anything. <laughs> First of all, you're getting paid. Yeah. Second of all, you have a shot at this, a best picture. Right. But do you know that? You probably don't know that at the time. That's my point. Go for it. You're gambling. It's not like they're telling you to dig a ditch. They're telling you to make a fucking movie. And they're going to pay you all this money? (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you're Gene Hackman. Then you go on to do Superman movies, Hoosiers. Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide. Powerful movie. Because he was, this is probably early in his career, right? 71. Yeah. So, and then no, the same thing. I with, love Gene Hackman. 
with uh, Chief Brody. I mean, he goes yeah. on to Jaws afterwards. What else was he in? He was in a couple other big movies. I'm going to have to look him up. So he was in a movie called The Curse of the Living Corpse. <laughs> that was in 1964. He was in a movie with uh, Dustin Hoffman in Marathon Man. And he also did uh, The French Connection. He was in The Deer Hunter. Uh, oh, great films. Did you see The Marathon Man? No, oh, I've never another seen one. Marathon Man. We're going to have to make a list. Yes. Because uh, I've, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't Is it seen. safe? Still of the Night with Meryl Streep. Oh, powerful song by White Snake. <laughs> Blue Thunder. Yes, powerful. He was also in Cell Without a Number, Tiger Town. Uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. Never heard of it. Really? Yeah, maybe you should watch that yeah. one. Have you seen that one? No. I saw it in the, <laughs> I saw a film copy of it in the movie theater. Really? Powerful. Uh, that's, that's the one movie I saw when I saw it. I go, yeah, they could have faked the moon landing. Oh, sure. <laughs> because it was so amazing. 1969. The, yeah, I the can mo- see the, that. I mean, the space shots were insane. Uh, he was in uh, The Rainmaker in 1997. That's pretty much, uh, I think, when he was, when did he pass? He passed in 2008 at the age of 75 in Little Rock, Arkansas. I did not know that. He was in Little Rock when he passed. But The French Connection. Had a budget of a hundred and or sorry, one point five million. It went over budget by three hundred thousand, but the U.S. box office brought in fifty one point seven million dollars, and worldwide it brought in seventy five million. Most of that on rental, so it brought in some good dough. It's a great movie. I love it. What What do you think of the gritty? Do you like New York movies set in New York? I do. Uh, detective movies set in New York back in like the 70s and 80s are pretty badass because they have the old cars. You know, there's an old way of talking back then, just like tough guy stuff. Like what was uh, Nighthawks that we that we watched with Stallone and Billy D. Another was, uh, cool movie. That was Detectives in New York City. That was badass. Rutger Hauer was in that one, right? Oh, finest. Yeah. So I Just mean, the best. Blade Runner, obviously, with his powerful speech in the end. Right. So those are good movies. Early 80s, 70s, detective New York style movies. But you didn't like this movie. I didn't. Well, it wasn't my favorite. No, I don't think it was. Maybe I'm just not getting it, but I don't think it's it deserved the hype that you always hear that it gets. Do you like Gene Hackman? I do like Gene Hackman. Do you think he did a good job in this movie? I do. Yes, it's Popeye Doyle. How about Rory? He did all right. He did all right. He definitely had the uh, second fiddle character in there. Uh, second banana. Yeah. And then he had that, what was that, that FBI agent that was given Popeye? It kept busting his balls all movie. Yeah, you got to have that. What did you think of him? I could have gone without that character. I don't think he added anything. Didn't what? steal any scenes. Didn't really, you know. Make any characters better. Didn't make him worse, though. But what'd you think of the main bad guy? Uh, he was all right. I liked him. He seemed like a typical villain. Uh, you know, the tall dude, older guy with the gray beard. People with gray beards are cool looking. I think they are, aren't they? Yeah, I think they're the best looking people around. Very cosmopolitan, very suave, yep. debonair. Pulls off the trench coat and hat. Like, I couldn't, so that's cool. Like the Dos Equis guy? Right, exactly like the Dos yes. Equis guy. Yes. So you just thought he was generic. You didn't like him? He was all right. 
let me ask you this. What did you think of the, was there any scenes that stood out to you? Did you like the scene where they were testing their heroin with that cool guy and he was doing the whole test? Oh, with the thermometer? Yeah. Yeah, and the oil, the yeah. mineral oil. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was like, That's, is that really how they tested purity of heroin back then? Probably. You never know. The, uh, I just licked the knife blade. <laughs> That's another way to do it, yeah. The, uh, By the way, I eat all my food with a knife. Do you? I just cut off pieces. and Oh, nice. Yeah. Use it as a scoop? Yes. The um, sniper scene. I like that. That started just before the... Uh, it started the chasing off, but yeah, I, I like that part of it because it was action. You know, it kept you, kept you glued to the TV. the The best part about that part is what I like is when he ran up to the roof to try to stop the sniper, and he gets up there on the roof and he's trying to figure out what's going on, and then he finds the rifle with the bullet casings, like five feet from where he came out of that door, but didn't didn't see it for some reason right away. So that that was funny to me. But keen keen eye saw the guy running. I don't know how he got down without Gene Hackman seeing him running up the stairs. It seemed like that was the only way up or down from that rooftop. That part was pretty cool. And then the uh the scene where he finds Frenchie and he's following him. But the French dude knows he's following him and he does all the tries to the the tricks to try to lose him on the train. Yeah. Lose him on the train? Yeah, and that's how he realizes, you know, he knows he's falling, but Gene Hackman doesn't think he knows. He's made. Yeah. So that was uh that I like when he funny. waves to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, hi, asshole. <laughs> now I know what you look like, too. All in all, though, not my favorite movie. All right. Let's rate it. Out of five. Frog legs? Yes. I give it a two and a half. Really? A two and a half? Two and a half. Wow. Yeah, it's I'm 50-50 on it. Wasn't the best movie I've ever seen. Wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. But I don't think it lived up to the hype of what I've heard about it. Interesting. Yeah. I'll probably watch the sequel because I want to know how this ends. Did you watch this movie straight through without any interruptions? Yes, I did. Interesting. Yep. It's an hour... Very short film. 47 minutes? Very short. No, I think it's 104 minutes. So so an hour and 44 minutes then, right? That's what that would be. Yes, 104 minutes. Very short film. Yeah. It's not very long. No. Lots of stuff happens in that short amount of time. Yeah. What do you think the first movie is that had the woman pushing the baby in the baby stroller? (laughs) This one had two in it. One of them did not fare very well. The, the mom. The second one, the mom got out of the way. But yeah, there was two two women with baby buggies. I like the, so, reminds me of the scene, The Untouchables. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yep. Great scene. That's a good movie. Now that's a good movie. Interesting. Yeah. I like Interesting. that. Interesting. I am giving The French Connection four out of five. Frog legs? Frog legs. Oh. Are you pouring salt on these frog legs to get them twitching? Yes. I'm putting uh, soy sauce. Hot sauce? Yes. The end Our, hot sauce? Eight billion Scoville <laughs> units. <laughs> nice. No, it was a good movie. And four, 4.5 is a great movie. I liked uh, I like Popeye Doyle. I like the New York scene. I like the car chase. Fun fact about this movie in New York. One of the first movies with the Twin Towers in it. Yes. Yes, that is that is true. Yep. Partially built too. Yeah. 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our powerful review of The French Connection. Yes. Make sure you check out our merch, by the way. We have powerful merch. We are on Twitter, at AmazingPopPod, Instagram, like our Facebook page. And wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review, five-star rating, and leave a powerful review. We really appreciate it if you do. We're almost at 120 reviews, by the way. If we can get that to 120, that'd be awesome. Yes, it will be powerful. Oh, we hope you guys had a good time. One more thing. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. Please leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. Like and follow the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And shop our Amazing Pop Culture merch. This has been an Amazing Pop Culture Podcast production.